0: Matthew eleven and verse twenty eight All right The Lord good Matthew eleven twenty eight Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everybody say, rest. Take my yoke upon you. Everybody say, it's his yoke. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody say his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Today I'm going to talk about his burden, his burden. You can be seated if you like. I'm not going to, we just had a word of prayer, so we'll just go right into, right into this today. Amen. A burden is something we hear about in church, but we may not always know or understand what it is. But a burden is kind of it's kind of taken from a donkey that uh, he is a burden bearer. He he's a heavy packer. He packs a donkey a pack a lot of stuff on his back, and uh, a burden is something that's a load. It's typically a heavy load. A burden is something that is born or it's carried. And Jesus has a burden. He has a burden. And I'm talking about his burden today. His burden was from the foundation of the world. It was from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 7 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He said, according as he hath chosen us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should, show, uh, should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by the Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Everybody say his blood. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Before this world was even formed, Brother David, we were on Jesus' mind. Jesus loves me. This I know. Amen. How many knows that Jesus loves us? God created us to love him, to love him first and foremost. We're created to love God first. We know his name. His name was Adam. God placed Adam in the garden of Eden. And he placed him there, Sister Michelle, for fellowship with God. He seen Adam by himself. So he created a helpmate for him and called her name Eve. And God la- loved Adam so much. That's why he created him. He created him. He created him. To fellowship with him. He created him that that he would have somebody to communicate with. Somebody to associate with. And God would come to the garden. And he would walk in the garden. He would commune with him and talk with him daily. But We all know the story. We know that Satan, the one who once had that fellowship with God. While in heaven. He didn't like what happened. He didn't like Adam and Eve being in the garden. He didn't like humanity being formed. Kind of taking his place, for Eddie. So he decided to stand between God and Adam's fellowship. We know the Bible says, you hear me quote this all the time, John 10 and 10. The thief cometh, accepts to steal, kill, and destroy. And we all know the story very well. Satan tempts Adam and Eve. And thus, we have sin enters into this world. Sins come into this world. Sin is simply disobedience to God. It brings separation from God. That's all sin is. God said, you know, you can eat of all these trees, but that one tree right there, I don't want you to eat from that tree. That one tree, don't touch it. So it's not, it's not a fact of how many rules. There was one rule, and they couldn't keep that one. But the bottom line is, he said, don't eat of that tree. They eat of that tree. So sin came in the world. Sin separated Adam and God. No more did they have that fellowship. No more did, uh, were they able to communicate uh, like, like they typically were doing because sin brought death to that relationship. The Bible says in Romans six twenty three. we all know that verse probably pretty well, the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> so when Adam and Eve sinned that day, they suffered spiritual death. He told them, "You're going to die in the day you eat of, that, eat of that tree." Well, they didn't understand. They thought they was going to physically die. Well, they I don't know how long Eve lived, but Adam lived to be 950 years old. So he, he he lived a long time. Now we don't know what time in his life that that happened, but I'd have to believe it was pretty early in their in their creation because uh, the kids hadn't been born yet. But when they when they Sin that day, when they done that, they suffered a spiritual death. And all a spiritual death is sin. All sin is a sinner. Just the simplest definition you can have of a sinner is somebody who is not in fellowship with God. A sinner is somebody who is not uh, following the ways of God. And therefore, they're called a sinner, which basically says you're on the outside, the outskirts of being in fellowship with God, this is what happened to Adam and Eve. They've now then their relationship, spiritual relationship with God, has died and they're separated, and no more are they have that fellowship. So now then, what do they do? Uh, well, he comes looking for them in the garden, and and he he knows what's happened, but he wants them to realize, okay, y'all have messed up. So what do they do? Well, according to Leviticus seventeen eleven, it says the life. Of the flesh is in the blood I'm about to say the blood and he said I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls for it is blood it is the blood that maketh an atonement for so for the souls God knew that it was going to take blood for atonement or for atonement for the sins or in other words to bring the relationship back together all right now I'm not trying to be nasty or dirty in here today and by no means now, we know when a, a, uh, a man and woman come together, what really consummates and brings that relationship that makes them one is when there is a sexual relation that happens, right? And fluids pass from one another. Again, I'm just trying to be dirty. Fluids pass from one another and it brings them together and makes them one. Now, we got some new babies in here and what happened basically is blood from mama and blood from daddy came together and made a, made a creation. And this is how... We end up coming together with God. Well, that got separated by sin because of disobedience. So, and God knew the only way I'm going to bring them back together, something has to die. Because our relationship has died. Now then, i got to bring an atonement or bringing this back together. So, what do I do? Uh, The relationship has died, but I don't want them to die. I want to bring our relationship back together. So, he made a substitute for that sin and the Bible says that he killed some animals and blood was shed. And from that, from that blood shed of them animals, he made coats. And he put them coats on their bodies to cover their sins up. Because they tried to cover their sins up with fig leaves. They recognized their relationship with God had been separated, Sister Michelle. And they, they tried to cover themselves up. We cannot cover up our sins. Only blood can cover that sin. And our effort to cover sin will never be good enough. That's why we need the blood of Jesus in our life. And that's what he done. Jesus shed the first blood. I have to believe the first animals that was, that was uh, killed, I believe there were lambs. Because we see later that another lamb, they called him a lamb, right? The lamb of God. But... Before Jesus came from that day on, in order for people to have relationships put back with God, there had to be blood sacrifice for the atonement of the sin. And there, But there came a time, we read it in the Word of God, they said, that, you know what, this is just not working. This is not fixing it. There, there came a time when there, uh, the blood sacrifices of all the animals really wasn't getting the job done well enough. and And this is where my title my my thought here today come from in prayer i felt this to talk to us today about his burden this is where his burden begins to go in action for our life our church and humanity all right i, I want to just i'm slowing down a little bit today just kind of dig in and try to there's a, probably a lot more we could talk about in some of this but this is where it happens in the famous scripture of the word of god john three sixteen. for god so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have every lasting life. We know that verse very well. But we have another verse in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 23. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Whom by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave his glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth for the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abide forever. And the reason I'm saying this, it was his blood. The blood of bulls and goats weren't getting it done no more. He said, I'm tired of them having to make a daily sacrifice like that. So I will become the sacrifice. And that is the reason Jesus came to walk among men. That is the reason that he went as far as he did. And he died for the sins of this world because God loves this world. That was his burden. His burden was to put us back in fellowship like he created us to be in the Garden of Eden. His burden was that we could walk in the cool of the day and have fellowship with him again and not have to worry about sin in our life. And it was because of his burden for mankind. He loved us so much that he took all our burden of sin upon himself. He loves us enough that according to uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Brother Eddie, Jesus knew no sin. But he became that scapegoat. All that sin was put upon Jesus. You think about all the bad stuff that you've done in your life. Now, maybe you're all perfect, not like me, but I mess up. But we all mess up, don't we? And before we come to God, we messed up a lot. And we're probably going to mess up more as we go on. But thank goodness, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, He made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness of God in him this is his burden that we would be made righteous away from our sin and no matter what your sin is no matter how bad we have been or we will be Jesus still loves us we think about all the people in history that's been so bad Saddam Hussein us praise the Lord us us who have been We're old enough, we remember, you know, Saddam Hussein. He was the bad guy, you know. Brother David was over there helping fight us fight during that time. And all his cruelty, yet God still loved him. Even some of the modern time, our our younger kids would know. Osama bin Laden, you know. Everything he done, the the terror attacks he he instigated at 9-11, God still loves him. Adolf Hitler of all the Jews and people that he killed such a murder God still loved him all the child molestations we got these two beautiful children in here today and it's inconceivable to think about somebody hurting these kids but even that person that might hurt a child or, or kill somebody in cold blood or, or, or the rapist or the thief God still loved them. Let, let's take it farther than that the unfaithful to the house of God. The uncommitted to the house of God. Those of us who've been blood-bought, born again, and we walk and trample on God's grace and mercy, and when He's done so many things, God still loves us. And Jesus didn't pass that job on to somebody else and say, you know what, because uh, because that Daniel Orton's been so bad, I'm going to make him suffer the consequence. No. His burden was to bring us back into fellowship like it was in the Garden of Eden. And it it was too great of a burden to be left to anybody else. And it was done because He loves us. The burden of our sin in our lives that started in the Garden of Eden caused a burden of love to come upon God. And He, he robed Himself in flesh and He walked on this earth and He suffered and He bled and He died for us. What was us? You, you want to hear me preach? <laughs> we got some spoiled babies around here, don't we? Amen. Aren't you thankful, though, that that sin, our burden of sin, that he gave himself for us? I think we ought to thank God for that. I'm thankful that Jesus shed blood for us. Amen. And I'm thankful that his burden, the burden that Jesus took, that burden of sin from my life when I was born again, he took it away when I was born again in the water of the Spirit. And that brings me back to my text today. I had to say that to lay the foundation of where I want to go today. It does bring me back to my text here again today. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and we all feel that a lot of times, especially now we're living around. We feel that labor, that heaviness. He said, I'm going to give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I've talked about his burden today, but what is your burden? what has you weighed down today you see this life that we live in is full of all kinds of highs and all kinds of lows again again amen i i feel that last week we had a good full van this week we had two or three and i'm thinking god what in the world that's a burden of a pastor right and i'm thankful for everybody that's here today and i know there's more that's going to God's sending us great revival, but I, I think it's going to come when we understand His burden. See, we, we find that life, it's just it's just easy sometimes, and sometimes it's hard. We all experience burdens of some kind in our life. Life does not always go the way we would like it to go. <laughs> Can I get an amen out of that one? Job said it well in Job 14 and 1. He said, man is born of a woman a few days and full of trouble. Amen. And just dealing with life itself. But then, what about the sin factor? I mean, let's not even factor in uh, 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 sin. Life sometimes can just be—we blame a lot of stuff on sin, and stuff is just life. Okay. If you drive a car enough, you're going to have a flat tire. You're going to have tires run out. You're going to have vehicle problems. If if you have refrigerator long enough, it's going it's going to quit. You have laundry. Uh, uh, you have washers and dryers are going to quit. You're going to have arguments. It's just life, okay? But then we we factor in sin because sin it is a burden. All right, I mean it's bad enough when the washer uh, it's bad enough when the washer and the dryer mess up, but then sin comes along and tells you to cuss it out. See, that's two different factors there, because sinners uh, uh, are, are are heavy burden with an unbearable load, which keeps them. From God, that's what sin again. That's what Sabbath. So that's why Satan came in, and Satan come in, and he uh, he he tried to take the fellowship away from God, and there and that sin puts a burden on us that that weighs us and pushes us away from God. But if when we turn to Jesus, He takes that heavy load and and He makes it lighter. That's that's what He said in the text today. Because it is Jesus alone that takes that burden, that relieves us of that burden. And, I, and I'm thankful that the burden of Jesus uh, took the burdens of sin. His burden took my burdens away from me when I was born again with the water and the Spirit. I'm thankful for that. But here's the question that I have today. I've got to ask us this today. Why did Jesus say, if I would come to Him with my burden"? He would give me rest. And he said that his yoke or the things that's connected to him is easy. And his burden is light. Yet, as a child of God, my burden seems to get heavier than ever. I mean, I have literally heard people say that when I wasn't going to church, life was easier. And this is the point right here. This is where I'm bringing the point of my message here today, my my, my thought. I see so many make living for Jesus seem to be a heavy burden on their life. But that's not how Jesus intended it. Jesus said his burden was easy and light and that it would give us rest. So why does it not feel like it's light? Why does it not feel like it's easy? And why do I feel tired all the time? That's the question that got on my mind as I prayed about today. And if that's the case, why are so many children of God struggling? Why are so many children of God frustrated? And here's the thing. I really feel in my heart, and I'm not going to tell you today that I am the exact perfect example of that I'm striving to get to the place that I'm preaching today so uh, let me preach to me today and y'all can listen along is that okay because this is what I'm striving for the only way for our burden to be light is for us to really be committed to his burden if the child of God we do not commit ourselves fully to him we live in this life as a child of God with frustration Because what happens, it's like, you heard me talk about this. It's like taking and using the wrong tool to do a job. And it doesn't get done properly. It creates frustration. If I'm trying to drive a nail into the wall, and I'm trying to use a pair of channel locks to do that, it creates frustration because I'm not going to hit it right. But if I'm trying to tighten a bolt with a pair of channel locks, it works right because I'm using it for what it was created for. And here's the point of what I'm trying to say today. If we will put, if we will commit to His burden. Everybody say His burden. If we'll commit to His burden completely, then our burden becomes light because we realize the things that we consider a heavy burden is just temporal things of this life. And here's why we have so many frustrated children of God They think when they come to God and they become a a, a child of God and salvation comes to their life, they think that all the stuff that we consider so precious in our life is going to be fixed. We think the washer and dryer is not going to tear up no more. We think because we're a child of God that we're uh, not going to get sick. And we're not going to have to deal with uh, people and frustration that everything's going to be hunky-dory and life is going to be grand. But that's not the purpose of of his burden being in our life his burden was to bring us back into fellowship so that one day we will live eternally with him praise god and what we think is god is going to fix all the stuff we're dealing with in this earth and it's not about fixing everything in this earth it's about bringing us back in fellowship with him so we can spend eternity with him so then we come to god thinking oh he's going to fix all my problems and then he doesn't fix all of our problems so that causes us not to be committed to the church and not not committed to this and not committed to that and it creates frustration in our life and, and then when he was out there living for the devil we didn't have to worry about it because see your only reward as living as a uh, living for the devil is going to be you're going to be rewarding this earth only and when we realize that you know what his burden when I realize his burden and I, I let his burden light my load I realize well the washers tore up well guess what it ain't about the washer it's about eternity Amen. See, the things of God, His burden, His burden is eternal. And that's why we have so many people, and I, I, I lump myself in there, we have so many people that we get frustrated because things are not going like we want it. And you know what? It could be going like God wants it. Because sometimes He lets you get sick so you'll pray more. I've been in this long enough, Brother Eddie. I've known men Uh, that they couldn't live for God while they had a job. So they had to always struggle with unemployment because every time they got a job and everything got good in their life, guess what they'd do? They'd quit coming to church. So we've got to understand that His burden is not about fixing this life. It's about getting us to eternity. And we've got to be willing to put this burden this this saving message of the gospel we've got to be willing to take his burden and, and when we let his burden become our burden that's when we begin to get rest that's when we begin to everything in life begins to get easier and that's when his yoke becomes easier in our life because when we're trying to do two different things with it we're trying to live life this life to the fullest and also trying to live for God it's that straddling defense syndrome we find and we just become miserable but we got to be willing to take the burden of the message, this message, and put it on our shoulders. For his burden to give us rest and feel light, we've got to commit to God and the church and pack his burden on our shoulders. And that's why he said, all right. I've come showed you how to do this for three and a half years. I've taken that same spirit that raised Jesus back up from the grave. And I'm going to put it inside of you. You're not going to do this by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to fill you with me. So to make it easier for you to do what you need to do. Because we can't do spiritual things without the spirit on the inside of us. And there's a story in 1st Chronicles it's a story that always bothered me and troubled me that I really got to digging into it and understanding it better basically uh I'm not going to read it all if you want to write the reference down and read it, it's the first chronicles uh chapter 13 1 through 12 is the first part of this basically David the ark the the ark of the covenant had been away from the children of Israel for a while they've been the, the Philistines that had it uh, they got captured during a battle and they had it for a while and then they basically they sent it back and the Uh, sent it back on a cart and it was there and David said you know what that ark needs to be back where it belongs David wanted to bring the glory of God back to where it needed to be so he gathered all the Israel up and uh, he went and he he went to uh, get this uh, get the ark and bring it back and the Bible says that they carried the ark of God on a new cart out of the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahoah drove the cart and David and all Israel, they were playing before God. They was, they was worshiping because the, here comes the ark. We're bringing the glory back to where it needs to be. And they had the temples and dancing. And, and the Bible lets us know in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and 9. Is um, that what it was, chapter 13? Make sure I get my reference right here. 13 and verse 9. It said, And when when they came to the threshing fort of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark. probably know the story. The oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzab and he smote him because he put his hand on the ark and he died before God. <laughs> it's upset David. He was upset the fact, I'm trying to do the right thing and somebody dies. I, I'm, I'm I'm witnessing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring people to the house of God and, and it seems like instead of bringing life, it's bringing death. See what I'm trying to bring this parallel in here today. I'm going to church. I'm paying my tithes. I'm being, I'm being faithful. But it seems like the, the more I'm trying to be faithful, the more frustrated I get. The more I'm trying to do this, the more that, that it brings frustration. And, and, and life is not coming, but it seems like it's bringing death. This is where David was. I'm, I'm trying to bring the glory back to where it needs to be. And somebody dies. And we see in the next chapter, 1 Chronicles. David does something different. He he does a little. He does a little bit of study and Says, "I got to figure out what happened. Why? Why? Because I'm trying to do the right thing, but yet somebody dies. Just because we're trying to do the right thing doesn't always fix it. We got to do it the right thing the right way. Because if we do the the right thing the wrong doing it for the right reason, but we're doing it for the wrong doing it the wrong way, that's where it creates frustration. That's what I was talking about the channel locks. We're trying to use something in its wrong purpose, it brings frustration to our life. But when we get the right tools, we get the right directions, the right thing, then it begins to bring rest. It brings uh that that boat burden is lighter. I mean, you get a hammer and start driving a nail, it's a whole lot easier. So the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 15 and verse 1, it said, David prepared a place for the ark of God. And he pissed it. For a tent. So David understood, Well, number one, I gotta prepare a place for this to happen. So he gathered everybody back up again. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 15 and 27, David clothed with a robe of fine linen. And the Levites bear the ark. They bear it the way they're supposed to bear it. A lot of times we pack this gospel around our life not the way God intended it for to be in our life and it brings frustration because we're packing around for a good luck charm we're packing around thinking it's going to fix this life this gospel doesn't fix this life it fixes the life after this this gospel doesn't fix the temporal things of life it's supposed to fix his burden that he went to Calvary and shed blood for was not for you to have the best things in life It was not for us to have fine houses and all this stuff. And and we we in our generation think that the only way that we are successful is if we have a a brand new home that's paid for, vehicles that's ours. We have all this. If that's the case, then you may not know who they are. If that's the case, uh, Brother and Sister Freeman that was missionaries to Africa and started so many churches, they were miserable failures. Because they left this life without a lot of that stuff. But they left this life with giving eternal life to so many people by being missionaries to Africa and starting so many churches. They understood his burden, and his burden became their burden, and they they died and left this world happy people because they understood what his burden was. And we think about that. Uzzah, he was just trying to help protect the ark from crashing off the cart. But the bottom line is, they were not carrying the ark of God correctly. And even though we may think, I'm part of the church... I'm part of the kingdom of God, but we're not representing it or packing it like we need to pack it. We're just packing it as a good luck charm, and we're not packing it as if what I have is going to keep you from dying and going to hell. If we get that on the inside of us, when His burden becomes our burden, and all of a sudden we look at everybody, it doesn't matter there's somebody that we hated in the past, somebody that's wronged us, when His burden becomes our burden, then we don't have we don't have that heavy burden of seeing somebody walk through the door that that we haven't forgiven or somebody who walks through the door that we have hatred against and and let me tell you what that's a heavy burden to pack and as a child of God we've got people in the churches that's full of that they don't want so-and-so to come to church and they don't you know what that's a heavy burden to pack you think my child of God I shouldn't feel this way you're right you shouldn't and the reason you are because you're not letting his burden become your burden and letting it be light in your life and when we let his burden become ours, we look at that person, yeah, he wronged me. But as Jesus looked down at them from that cross, he said, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Oh, they're, they're, they're thinking about the temporal, but I'm thinking about their soul for eternal. And this is why we try to pack this gospel. If we try to pack it any other way than how God meant it, it brings death instead of life. The ark was designed to be carried on the shoulders of the priest and and why did David try to pack the ark something because of the way he didn't go do his in, he didn't do his research or or either he thought it didn't matter that much and i think one reason because when they brought the ark back from the philistines they brought it back on a cart they had two cows that pulled the ark back on a cart so David thought you know what I'll just do I'll bring it back the same way the world packs the gospel I'm going to tell you what there's all kinds of churches out there in this world that's trying to pack the gospel for the wrong reason and we can't bear his burden like the world does we've got to pack it like it was designed we've got to pack it with it on our shoulders shoulders and here's the thing, Brother David, when we feel the weight of his burden on our shoulders, and I know it don't make sense, then it makes life easier. Because we understand the things that we, as the things the world and our flesh considers important, is not really important, it's temporal. But when we're really packing that thing, we realize and we feel the weight of what his burden is really all about, which is people being saved for eternity. We can look at things and we can look at life so much different. I know I've told the story um, of the one uh, evangelist that come preach for us at the moment. His name has slipped out of my mind here, but uh, he one day his his he was uh, he's evangelizing. He got his his dually truck and he got his camper and all of a sudden he smells smoke. He pulls over. His truck and his camper is burning up. That is his livelihood. He steps back and he looks at that. And he said, and this is what he told me. He said, I looked at it. I said, okay, Jesus, your truck and your camper is burning. Now what are you going to do about that? He didn't say mine. He said yours Lord. And you know what God did do? God give him a new truck and give him a new camper out of it. But a lot of times we flip out and think oh God you called me to be an evangelist and now that my truck and my camper's gone. And God is trying to work for something greater for us and we don't back up and think okay God I know this temporal thing is burning down in my life but what kind of eternal significance are you trying to teach me with this? And when we realize when we pack this shoulders and we take the brunt of of it on our life we realize that there is something in our world that is significant and that is important. And that's why people don't want to pack this on their shoulders though. (laughs) That's why we don't want to pack it on our shoulders. Because when you pack it on your shoulders, you're committed to it. I can't commit to carrying an ark around all the time because it might take up a lot of space in my life. And you've got to be careful when you're packing it on your shoulders because when you turn certain ways, you know, it, it might get in the way and and, and all this. Stuff. You've got to be careful. I We like to pack it instead on a cart because when we're packing it on a cart, Brother, brother Eddie, we can disconnect from it anytime we want. We can disconnect from it anytime we want. So if I'm going to go to a friend's house, you know what? If I if I'm not all if the only place I got the packet is on my shoulders, it's a whole lot harder to lay it down. But if it's connected to a cart, I can just disconnect. Go in my friend's house and do what I want to do. And then go back and connect back to that thing and just go on with my life. But when we take his burden and we put this saving gospel that Jesus has entrusted to us this heavy weight that we're going to pack of this gospel, when we feel that weight of the burden of love, it will cause us to do unthinkable things. It also will cause us to be unstoppable. When we understand that the gospel that we have in our hearts is meant to share everywhere we go, it will drive us with a sense of accomplishments like nothing else in this world. Amen. Amen. I know as a preacher, when I get up here and I try to preach for eternity and not to help fix your temporal stuff in life. And when I see somebody come running to an altar, Brother Eddie, and I see that they're so saved, but maybe they they're, uh, don't get their finances fixed. The soul being saved is so much more important than somebody's finances being fixed and we get this scripture we, we get it all we get the horse before the cart as they say we think that you know what I can get finances fixed I get this fixed in my life and that fixed in my life then I can get spiritually fixed no that's not the way it works if we'll lay this thing on our shoulders and we'll feel the weight of it praise God the weight of his burden the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and then all this other stuff shall be added to they don't mean it will but it said it shall be added unto you but you know what we need have this mentality that you know what if I don't get the best car I don't get the best house in this world as long as I feel the burden of his uh, feel his burden of this gospel on my shoulders that's where our rest comes from I don't know if you've ever given a Bible study or not, but it's something about when you give a Bible study and you sit in their eyes and you realize they get it and then they then they be baptized in the name of Jesus. You see them repent and they get baptized in Jesus' name and you see them filled with the Holy Ghost. You see their life change. There's nothing like that kind of rest in your entire life. It changes everything about you. That is why missionaries like Brother and Sister Freeman and I was talking about will sell everything they have to go reach for a country they don't even know place they've never been that's packing his burden on our shoulders that's committed it is his burden for God so loved the world that he gave it is bigger that's the bigger part of it all this other stuff can be forgotten right right But the bigger part, we cannot forget the fact that he saved me for eternity. And when we wake up in the morning, when we walk through the day, when we go to bed at nighttime, and it is his burden that's on our shoulders, and when we don't think about the gospel since last Sunday or the last time we come to church, You're not bearing the burden of his on you. All you're using Christianity for, all you're using God for is a good look charm in your life to fix this life. And when that's all he becomes to you, you will live a life of frustrations. And this scripture that I opened up here today with, you, you won't feel that rest, you won't feel that burden as being easy in life you'll view church as being something that's complicated, something that you don't you don't have to do all the time or you don't even want to do all the time but when you feel the burden on his shoulders, church is your it when you come to the house of God that's your payment, praise God but when you're working all through the week and you realize that thing is on my shoulders, praise God, I mentioned Job earlier how, how he said that man's born of a woman a few days and full of trouble, one Day, Job, all of his animals were stolen, destroyed by lightning. His servants killed. His children died in a tornado. His world come tumbling in. Then the next thing, his body was covered with painful sores. They itched him so bad, the Bible says that he got broken pieces of plates and began to scrape his body because he itched so bad. And his wife couldn't bear to see him suffering like that. So she said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job said, Woman, why are you speaking so foolish? Don't you know that we receive good at God's hands and we shall not receive evil? And the Bible said, in all this, he did not sin; did not come from his lips. Why could Job respond in such a way? Because he understood the burden of. Of a loving mighty God in his life and he understood that if God was allowing it in his life he was allowing it for a reason and it wasn't for this world but there's a world that's coming after here I asked this church today this question when are we going to get his burden there needs to come a point in our life when the message of God becomes his burden in our world when we begin to look at other people or the people in this church that maybe is not committed, as they as we as we should be. We needed to get that in our spirit. First Corinthians nine sixteen says this: For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is to me if I preach not this gospel. That should be every one of us when we feel the weight of His burden. We know how He saved us from our sins, not that He. Fixed your stuff in your life but he saved us from our sins this is what it's about saving us from our sins that we can bring us back in fellowship with him that we can spend eternity with him not that we can have a good house a good home and great relationships on this earth amen ain't nobody else listening to me Corbett is I think I just seen him say amen We have great gifts. We have some great revelations. But when is His burden going to become our burden? When will we live under the spirit of purpose in our life? His burden, the gospel starts. Hear this today, if you hear nothing else. His burden, or the gospel. When it starts to define the boundaries of our life. We lose every sense of ourself. And we live life by what the gospel or his burden dictates. And how I know when somebody has got the burden, his burden in their life, it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to hear them talk about God. It doesn't matter what happens. They're going to be full of gratitude. They're going to be grateful for what they got and not complaining about what they don't got. You know what? It's not going to be somebody that's going to always make excuses about coming to the house of God or coming to revival. You don't have to worry about that. You know that they've got something on the inside of them. They're not living for their next, uh, next fix they can get in this life, but they're living for eternity. A.W. Tozer said, God wants us to worship him. He doesn't need us, for for he couldn't be self-sufficient God and need anybody, anything or anybody. But he wants us. And he said, when Adam sinned, it was not he who cried, God, where art thou? It was God who cried, Adam, where are you? Adam was not crying and saying, god where are you when sin came but it was god looking for adam when sin came and god is still looking for us he's still trying to find us even in our sin even when we say we're a child of god but we're not letting his burden get on us when we begin to live his burden as a church as an individual on an individual level uh, uh, something's going to transpire in this place and our our lives something's going to happen like we're The greatest rest, the greatest peace, the greatest revival we have ever seen will come when we decide to put his burden on our shoulders. I'm almost done here. Ralph Neighbors, we all know him, don't we? Mr. Rogers. He wrote in his book, The Shepherd's Guidebook, he said, The extent of a person's spiritual maturity is the extent of the commitment he he or she has to the kingdom activity. In other words, the more you grow in God, the more important the things of God becomes. Other activities and distractions become less important as the activities of eternal value begin to fill your life. His burden will cause a man to turn down a $150,000 job in another city to stay at a job where he's making $40,000 where his church is. His burden will get on somebody that will cause uh, somebody to walk walk away from a family gathering on a Sunday and say, I'm sorry, this is Sunday, I'm going to church. His burden will get so deep in somebody that he will have hundreds of dollars saved up and a missionary come by and tell his story and say, you know what? I didn't need that extra gun that bad. That missionary needs it to help somebody else. When his burden gets inside of us, Jesus gave his life for the kingdom. Jesus' burden was he loved us so much that he committed his everything to us and then he commissioned us to do the same Mark 16 and 5 he said to them go you know all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he was committed to it he packed that cross we're not on a cart he packed that cross on his shoulders the rich young ruler left when he was asked to pack a cross on his shoulders I'm calling on us to commit to his burden and to begin to pack this cross this gospel on our shoulders. 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 1 and 4 said, Neither give heed to fables and endless gene- genealogies which minister to questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. He said, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of our pure heart, a good conscience of faith unfeigned from which some have swerved, having turned aside into vain jaggling. What is this? This is uncommitted Designed to be teachers of law, understanding neither what what uh, uh, they say nor whereof they affirm. He goes on to say in verse 11, he said, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. Do we not understand that he entrusted this gospel to us? His burden, his passion, the Bible calls it his passion. You know what his passion was? It was us. Sister Velma, his passion was you. Sister Chastity, his passion was you. Brother Eddie, his passion was you. When his passion done, his passion drove him to a cross. When he could have called down 10,000 angels to save him off of that, but he suffered at the cross to give us eternal life. And he's not asking us to, do, to die on a cross because he's done died on the cross. All he's asking to do is to pack the cross. And not necessarily that, that bloody cross that he had, but the representation of what that cross is is the fact that the that what happened at calvary give people eternal life and he's all he's asking us to do is to pack this same glorious gospel that he's committed to us and say will you share it with this world where they understand that the gospel is not about fixing this life but giving you eternal life can he trust us with the gospel where have we put his burden this gospel Have we disconnected it and put it on a card and maybe we put it on Facebook uh, Marketplace and we're trying to sell it somewhere. It's time to get it back out. Put it back on our shoulders. Listen, even though David was taking the ark where God wanted it to be, Uzzah was struck dead because it was not being packed right. And we will not feel real victory in our lives if we're not committed to his burden. If we're not willing to to shoulder this message in our lives there's not but one way to carry his burden this gospel to where God wants it to be and that's on the shoulder of his church the shoulders of individuals and basically it is a representation when we shoulder that thing we feel the weight of the gospel and when we feel the weight it will accomplish what it's called to do and only when we'll feel rest is when we let the gospel accomplish what it's supposed to do. First Timothy six and twenty said, O oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Keep that which is committed to our trust. Come on. Second Timothy one six through twelve says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Somebody say, I don't want afflictions of the gospel in my life. Yeah, it, it is the affliction. Listen to what he goes on to say. Who has saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and the grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Before the world began, he had us in mind. He said, But now it's made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and mortality to life through the gospel. That's his burden, the gospel. Whereunto I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. He said, Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Are you tired? Then take His burden upon you and He'll give you real rest. His burden, packed correctly, will cause us to rest. Rest that will only come when we realize we're not living for the temporal, but we are living for eternal things. That's where the real rest comes from. Are you tired? You think, I'm a child of God, but I'm so tired. I'm going to tell you what, listen to me. I'm going to give somebody a revelation today. If you claim to be a child of God, but you're always weary, and you're always frustrated in this life, you're packing the gospel wrong. I have scripture. I can prove it today, and I hope that I have. If you're constantly living frustration, preacher, you said that I, I, I've i been there many times. It's Brother Eddie, when I... When I get so concentrated on, on on the wrong things of life, that's when my frustration begins to become. But when I was just set, set back and realized, okay, God, let me pack this gospel. Let me feel your burden. And when his burden becomes my burden, that's when I'm going to feel it lighten up because that's when he's going to reach down on top of my shoulders where I've got that and say, okay, since you're going to pack it right, let me help you. That's when the spirit kicks in. Amen. I'm done today. I'm just challenging us to let his burden become our burden. God, I'm asking you to touch us here today. God, each and every life, each and every heart, each and every soul. Thank you for everyone that's here today.